Happy New Year and turn in your Bibles to 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 13. 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 13. We will be going back to the book of Acts and all that God by His Spirit was doing and calling us to be a part of. You may remember that uh, we're, where we were when we headed into Christmas was uh, about Jesus' power over the demons. And I just didn't want to do that on a, on a Christmas message. But we're going to get back there in the power of the risen Christ starting next week in the book of Acts. But, but first, a passage about who we are and what God is calling us to be and what our opportunities are in the coming year. Let's pray. Lord, would you open our eyes to... The reality of your grace and the life that you are calling us toward and how beautiful and meaningful that life is, both to ourselves and to others and for your glory. And we pray that you would shape our hearts according to your grace in 2014. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You know, how we see the world is definitely shaped by how we see ourselves. And how we see ourselves matters. Uh, it affects how we live. You know, for instance, if, if we see ourselves as not mattering at all, that matters. And, and depression comes in. Uh, if we see ourselves as powerless that matters, and fear begins to take over. If we see ourselves primarily as condemned, then guilt takes over. And that affects our lives. And as we see ourselves as unlovely or unlovable, and some people do, that matters. And what happens is, is insecurity really begins to take over. And what do we do when... When we see ourselves like that, Paul would say there's a much better way to see ourselves. But I'll tell you what we do. We fight back against these things and uh, we desperately do the opposite very often in our lives, don't we? For instance, if we feel like we don't matter, then we demand attention from other people to prove we matter. And if we are powerless or fearful, then we try to control other people so that the things we are afraid of won't happen. And if we feel condemned, then we desperately try to justify ourselves and rearrange the furniture and make it not so bad. And it's, it just goes on and on. And if we feel like we are unlovely, we, we certainly desperately can try to secure for ourselves cheap substitutes for real love. Just, just desperate. Just doing the opposite. Just trying to fill the hole. And I'll be honest with you, we, we are there in different dimension, these different of these dimensions at different times. And frankly, it just makes me tired <laughs> to think about it. And it really makes me tired to live like that. And we do. We all bring significant minuses and issues into 2014. How will we see ourselves? Why would that matter? What does Paul want to teach us this morning? You know, in the book of 2 Timothy, Paul was writing to a young man, First and 2 Timothy. His name, of course, is Timothy. 
Timothy is a struggling young leader with issues. We learn that Timothy is a timid type of person, very opposite of the Apostle Paul. Uh, We learn that, that Timothy kind of lets others look down on himself, particularly about his youth, and it affects him. And and we learn that Timothy is prone to fear. And and that is why just a few verses back in 2 Timothy 1, 7, just, you know, just about, I guess, eight verses back, Paul tells Timothy this, Look, Timothy, God has not given us a spirit again unto fear. God has given us a spirit not of fear, but of power, of love, and self-discipline. And you see, in these two books, as Paul is calling a young leader to kind of come out of himself toward a higher calling, what, what Paul is trying to do here is for, is for Timothy to correctly see who he is so that he can become that person. We don't just become that person. We don't just push it. It's not all up to us. We have to factor in the Lord. And the correct way to see ourselves, if we are, there's two words I want us to look at today. The the correct way to see ourselves, if we are believers in Christ, is through what is called grace. You see, when we see ourselves through what is called grace, we see ourselves through the lenses of God Himself and not just through the lens of our own fear, the lens of our own minuses, the lens of our own insecurity, the the lens of our own pressure to do this or that or be this or or that. No, it, it is through the lens of God and not what we think, not what others think, not what others say about us. Grace is always seen through the lens of God. And i tell you why. Because we would never see it on our own. Without God's grace, we are doomed to, to this sputtering kind of life that is dealing with all these things constantly and it is exhausting. And some people want to, want to believe that they're on top of it and their life is great and others realize it's not and they're tanking. And we would never see this on our own because in grace we see our lives through Christ crucified and resurrected. Through what God has done for us on the cross and it is finished. There's nothing we can add to it. He gives that to us as a gift. He is resurrected. We get new life with Him. A resurrected life. And He reigns at the right hand of God and He gives power to those who walk with Him. And the key is going to be just a daily walk in grace With Him. God came to us Himself because we could not go to Him. God gives us a relationship with Him because we can't earn one. Because He wants us. Because He is our Creator and He has a life in mind for us that is much better than the life that we will scratch out out of our own insecurities and fears. You see, when we see ourselves through grace, we are valuable. We just are. God gave His only Son. Through grace, we are much less fearful. We actually have the the emotional capital because we're not fearing and trying to control all the time to be able to be bold 
to be able to love. We recognize that we are loved. We recognize that we are much more secure when we look at ourselves through the lenses of what God has done, what God says, and what God wants to do. And through grace, we are motivated toward a life that is lived for Him rather than us. Toward a life that gets called out of ourselves toward others. And out of ourselves, giving, contributing, being a part of, that is how the power of God works. That's how the faith is transmitted. It is incarnational of God coming to us as a man and giving it. It is incarnational of us giving to others and the kingdom of God going forward. And so I simply ask you the question, who do you want to be this year? Who do you want to be this year? And notice I did not ask you, what great thing do you want to accomplish this year? That's going to be secondary to the question of who do you want to be? How do you want to see yourself? Who are you? And who do you want to be? And and through the lens of grace, we can live great lives as God has intended and designed and wants to give. And and here's the second word, the great life that we can live, and that looks different for all of us. That's defined by another word in the text, and this word is used over and over in our passage and, and a great, great lives are defined by this word, faithful. That's what a great life is. It is a faithful life. Here's the idea for how you can live well in the Lord this year. Write this down on your bulletin anywhere. This is about, this passage is about faithfulness wrapped in grace. It's about faithfulness wrapped in grace. You want your life to be about faithfulness wrapped in grace from front to back, empowered by God. Let's read our text, 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 13. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me In the presence of many witnesses, entrust this to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. As an athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. And as an athlete, who is not, unless he competes according to the rules, and it it is, verse 6, the hard-working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think about, think over what I am saying to you. For the Lord will give you understanding in all these things, in everything. Remember Jesus Christ. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal, but the word of God is not bound. Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. For this is a trustworthy saying. If we have died with him... 
we will also live with Him. If we endure, he will also, we will also reign with Him. If we deny Him, He also will deny us. If we are faithless, He remains faithful, for He cannot deny Himself. This morning, let me just point out a few thoughts that really could shape who we are and how we view ourselves and our lives flowing out of God's grace in the new year. Faithfulness wrapped in grace. First thing I want to say is that you can't live the Christian life in your own strength in 2014. You just can't do it. None of us can do it. You need to be strengthened in grace. You need to be strengthened in grace. Verse 1, you then... So then, therefore, you then, my child, be strengthened that is in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And, and, you know, I want to start off by saying I love the word my child. I love that word, and that word comforts me because the word, as he says, my child, reminds me that I can't do it alone. Now, Paul is certainly talking to Timothy as being his child, as being that younger man, and and Paul's like an older brother to him. Paul's like a father to him. But I'm going to tell you something. He's not just saying, Timothy, you're a child compared to me. He's talking about also the need to be a child with God because he doesn't lead Timothy simply to be like him. He, he leads him, first of all, to the grace that is, quote, in Christ Jesus. And, and it, is, it is a great thing to know. That all I ever have to be with God, and this is true of you too if you put your trust in Christ, all I ever have to do with God is to be His child. I don't have to lead God. I don't have to try to take up for God. I don't have to try to interpret everything that happens in the world and, and try to cover over for people that don't like God. I don't have to have all this pressure on me. And the good news for you in 2014 is if you put your trust in Christ, you're His child. Just be His kid. Isn't that great? Just be His kid. He is a father who is very involved in the lives of His kids. He is available. He's so loving. He is so giving. Let me ask you something. Are you turning the corner into 2014 just full of energy and self-assurance and everything got life by the tail, everything's happening just the way you wanted it to? Are you turning the corner going, man, this life's hard. There are struggles. I'm, I'm, I'm in need. If you are full of need... And what Paul is saying to you is just what he said to Timothy. You know what? Let's be strengthened in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. See yourselves through his eyes. In Christ, you are whole. You're not this pitiful person. You are whole in Christ. He has made you whole. It is finished. He has applied His love to you. And in Christ, you are loved. Thoroughly, completely, eternally loved. In Christ, 
You are forgiven. In Christ, you and I have all that we need for life and love and godliness in 2014 because God has made it so by His own gift of a Savior. We don't have the pressure of trying to get to Him. We don't have the pressure of trying to impress Him, to appease Him, to get Him to do stuff for us. He's dying to do things for us. But He wants us to love Him by opening our lives to His love and who He is. And we have to see ourselves through the lens of grace to be strengthened in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. He is there, y'all. And He wants us to slow our minds down this morning. He wants us to get our heart rate down and just trust in Him and just follow Him. We'll talk about what that looks like in a moment. Being strengthened in the grace of Christ Jesus is acknowledging what's already true of yourself. How sad for something to be true and for us to not believe it and try to do it all on our own. And we don't have the strength to live the Christian life or any other life in 2014 in any way. That is satisfying, that can glorify God. And so the first thing is you can't live the Christian life on your own in 2014. Go ahead and admit that. You need to be strengthened in the grace of Christ Jesus. You need to see yourself through His eyes. Just be His kid, loved, forgiven, given all things. So you ask, what does that look like? Second thing, seek faithfulness as your lifestyle in 2014. Faithfulness. This is just about wanting to be true and have integrity and have authenticity about what is true. This is simply about asking God to help our lives match up more with the grace that's within us. This is asking God to say, hey, the Help me for this to be so true that it actually begins to shape who I am, changes who I am, and begins to make a difference in the lives of other people. It begins to come out in this Christian life. Help me to be faithful, God, because you are faithful. As Anne Voskamp, the author of the uh, best-selling book, 1,000 Gifts, very interesting book, recently said, in one sense... The words that really matter are the ones I live. I think it's a very challenging sentence. I mean, we know that God's word matters whether we live it or not. That's not, I don't think, what she's saying. She's talking, if you know about her, it's all about kind of living in the moment, out on the farm, raising pigs and the beauty and the wonder of it all. Uh, it's great. Um, so that wasn't a criticism. It's, it's great. But, but I, she says, you know, in, in a sense, the words in my life that really matter are the ones that I live. And this is just about where God wants living in grace to take us. Uh, this is about the life that is best. And uh, this is about living with intention. In, in, a, in a relationship with a God who is very purposeful and intentional with us and still is very purposeful and intentional in this world. A God of grace. David Paulinson, uh, Gina and I are listening to the, la- the last CCEF conference. Uh, those are great conferences, by the way, and you can buy their 
tapes, you know, you can download their, their um, what do you call it, their, their sessions. And uh, the most recent uh, conference, Gene and I have been listening to these one at a time together. Um, he speaks about faithfulness from, from a different angle. He says that all of us, basically, I'm, I'm kind of using these words, these aren't exactly the words he used, but all of us basically will be faithful to something or somebody. We say we're not intentional. Oh, we are very intentional. We do exactly what we want to do on purpose in our lives. We are, and this is quoting David Paulinson, we, we are driven by our intentions, whether we know them or whether we are blind to them. All relationships, he says, come with purpose. Whether I want to be about your best or whether I want to get something from you is the intentionality of the relationship. Isn't that true? We, all relationships come with purpose. I'm either going to try to get something from you or I'm going to try to give something to you. I'm going to bring one of those intentions to every relationship at any given moment. Our relationship with God is also intentional. And, and the point is, is that we will be faithful to Him or we will not be, depending on what we want to do. Not being strengthened in grace tempts us to be intentional in a way that simply tries to fill the gaps and holes in our lives that we can never fill. That's one of the things that just tempts believers to just throw overboard this loving sovereignty, provision, forgiveness, all this just saturated life of grace and love and to, and to go grab for myself to make sure I get what I know, because I know better than God and better than everybody else. I know what I need, and I will get it. And there's a lot of intentionality. Even if that's just kind of being lived day after day, it is the, it is the intention of the heart. And, and, we, and, and not being strengthened in grace tempts us to in, be intentional to fill needs through other people and other things and situations rather than resting in God's love and being able to give, you see. And God has something better for you and for me in 2014 than being a desperate person who's trying to control people. Can I say that again? God's got something better for you than just being a desperate person trying to fill all these holes, trying to live it on your own, and trying to control people and things in your life. God's relationship with us is very intentional. Uh, God sent his only son. Um, God will, he says, complete the work that he has begun within us. Uh, God, God loves us. He, he continues to love. God really does see a life that's, that's better than this little inward, this little strangled, self-strangled life that is bigger that is loving, that is giving, that just breathes and is expansive, is exciting, it is variegated, is textured, filled with colors other than just the gray of myself. So, what does this life of faithfulness look like? And how does grace shape us, change us, motivate us? Is it worth 
living that way. And I've got to pick up speed here because we have communion. Um, First of all, the life of faithfulness looks like something worth passing down to others. In other words, yes, it's worth it. It's not only worth it to live it, it's worth it to actually help other people coming behind us live it. And Christianity, if it's nothing else, is transferred from generation to generation, from person to person, incarnationally by the God who came to us in person. It it looks like a life of learning and serving God and, and helping others to do the same. Who do you want to be? And what do you want your life to be remembered for? It looks a lot like legacy in this passage. This is the older apostle saying to the young man, you got to pass it on. Be strengthened in the grace so you can know it, teach it, live it, pass it on. You see, faithfulness under grace allows us to join those saints of old. Yeah, you, me, today, by living and giving The faith to others in a real legacy is not built by something you did one time. It's not built by something that happened to you. A real legacy spiritually is built day by day. It's not about what you have or what you've done. It is about living and who we are and therefore how we see ourselves and how we live. It's about living the truth. It's about loving the truth. It's about seeking the truth and wanting our lives to match up with the truth of God's Word. It's about giving and loving and giving ourselves to God's kingdom, His church. That's the whole thing. Timothy, serve God. Preach it, Timothy. Share it. Live it. And and I love the word here that entrust it. You see, he didn't just say, Timothy, you stand on that pulpit and you just give it. No, he says entrust it. And, And this has this kind of relational component. That, that you actually have some kind of a commonality, a relationship with this person. You say, this is so valuable to me that I want to entrust it with you. And you're going to love it. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust this to faithful men who will also be able to teach others. Do you see that? That's kind of what the life of faithfulness looks like. It's worth it. It's bigger than you. It goes beyond your life. Secondly, faithfulness doesn't just look like something that's worthy. It looks challenging. And these are the three uh, illustrations that Paul gives about faithfulness. And this is like so not 2014. It's about a life willing to endure hardship like a soldier, willing to keep going like an athlete in training who won't give up, and willing to work hard like a farmer and, and, and enjoy the first fruits of the harvest. So, just very quickly, a soldier share in, verse 3, share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits because his aim is to please not himself, not others, but the one who enlisted him. Soldiers are set on their roll of being a part of a greater unit that wins a battle and suffering to do it. That's what soldiering is about. Soldiers do not get entangled in civilian affairs. They stay focused on what the main thing is. They don't go AWOL. 
I'll never forget hearing Elizabeth Elliot years ago give her testimony, and, and you, I'm sure you can listen to this somewhere, her testimony about her falling in love with Jim Elliot in college, and she just knew that he liked her, and you know she had all these imaginations about what it was going to be like and all this, and he gave his current theme verse, and his current theme verse for that time in his life was um, this very same verse, that no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits, meaning her. <laughs> she's real disappointed <laughs> she wanted him to, to, to get, get in some, some you know some, some civilian pursuits there they ended up getting married of course it keeps first things first but but the other thing is that suffering willingness to endure is this is this worth it is the life of grace and flowing out and love and the expansion and the bigness and grace how it flows and truth in a world of none is it worth it it's hard is it worth it you ask Apostle Paul, what are your credentials for ministry? He's not going to take you and show you some degree on, on the uh, wall of his office. He is not going to show you the books that he has authored. And he authored several, as you know. He's not going to point you to any of these things. No, he's going to show you the scars on his body and say, these are my credentials. I have borne the scars of Jesus Christ because this life is great and it's worth it. And you can read all about that if you want to read his credentials, 2 Corinthians eleven twenty three and 25, you know, five times I was beaten with 39 lashes. I was stoned. I was shipwrecked three times. All the, it's amazing. Soldier, athlete, Paul obviously is familiar with the Olympic Games or maybe the Isthmian Games in, in Corinth. And what's interesting here is he talks about an athlete who plays according to the rules, but the rules here aren't like the rules like, you know, stay in the track or you're disqualified. It's not those kind of rules. It's not the rules of the contest, but it is the rules of the way they did at the Olympics at that time, the rules of preparation. You had to give a minimum of eight months preparation for the Olympics. This was serious, even back in ancient days. And there were strict rules about what that training regimen had to be, and it took great effort. And let me tell you, if you've ever been in athletics and you've ever been in two-a-days or three-a-days in football, there is a time, and I know in other sports, or you're doing, um, I did all this, and you can't look at me and tell, but I did all this in high school, uh, suicides or wind sprints, you know, there comes a time where you just want to go, you know what, I, I'm just not doing this anymore. And you say, no, I want to be a part of this team. I want, I want us to go to victory together. I'm going to run this thing. I'm going to do it. It's worth it to me. And then, so it's soldier, athlete, and then farmer, like a hardworking farmer who brings in the crops and shares in it. If you know farmers, they work hard. Those people know exactly what need to be, needs to be done, and they, they do it. And this is about faithfulness. In fact, the word hardworking in Greek here literally means to work to the point of exhaustion or weariness. I mean, Joseph, you're telling me this is like the life I want to sign up for in 2014? To work to the point of exhaustion for the kingdom of God? Come on. I mean, what century are you living in? This is the 32nd culture, not the endurance culture. And that's exactly right, because I'm talking about a life.
and not a moment. I'm talking about true satisfaction and not just something that happened. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking about a window. I'm not talking about a tweet. I'm not talking about a like. I'm talking about a life of love and giving that comes out and joy begins to flow and people's lives are changed because of the gospel I recognize in myself and I am strengthened in, flowing out of me in a life that matters, in a life that costs me something, in a fallen world. Of course it does if the world is fallen. Of course it does if my heart is sinful. Of course it does if there is Satan pushing against us all the time. This is the life worth living. And so we have the strengthening and grace. You can't do it on your own. Then we have the what it looks like. 2014, strengthening grace. Seek faithfulness. Put faithfulness on your radar. But lastly, know that we are always supported in grace. Paul says, in the middle of all this, remember Christ. Remember Christ. Remember the gospel. Remember the cross. Remember the resurrection. Remember the power that we have. Remember that He reigns. Remember that He's in control, not people of power and influence in this world. He has the last word. Verse 8, remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, just as I preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound in chains. He's in prison writing this as a criminal. And finally, you see, so it's faithfulness wrapped in grace. You see that? It's kind of grace on the front end. This, this life isn't lived unless it's lived with us seeing ourselves through the grace of God and actually trusting in His power. And then it, that becomes more of a life of faithfulness. But you know, here's the deal. We're not always going to be faithful because we really do struggle in our hearts, don't we? We are going to turn away from God at times. We, we're going to sin. I'm not giving anybody permission to go out and sin. And that's not the point here. This is reality. And, and the third thing is we are always supported by grace. You see, that's the wrap around faithfulness. He catches us when we fall. He is faithful even when we are not. I don't know how that strikes you. That is just medicine to my soul. You can always come back to Him. Always. Because if you've put your trust in Him, if you are a believer in Jesus, you are in Christ. You are grafted in to Christ. You are a joint heir of everything with Christ. When God sees you, He sees you through the cross of Christ. You are His Son. You belong to Him. You are one. You have union with Christ. And so let's not fear, but let's trust in Him. Let's walk with Him. And when we are faithless, let's go to Him for grace. Verse 11, and I'll close with this. This is a trustworthy saying. For if we died with Him, we will also live with Him. Remember my gospel. 
if we endure, we will also reign with Him. Remember faithfulness. If we deny Him, He will deny us. Jesus said that. But look at verse 13. It's so curious that in the middle of this kind of stepping up to this life, that suddenly we get this, and don't you love it? If we are faithless, He remains faithful. Do you know why He remains faithful in your life? Because He cannot disown Himself. And if you are in Christ, you are in Him. And He is there. And He has wonderful intentions for you. We can repent. We can walk with. We can trust. Just a day at a time. Just one foot at a time. In 2014. So, what is 2014? It is faithfulness wrapped in grace. Let's pray. Lord, would you, as we move to this table, how wonderful that we actually have the lens to look through in front of us. Would you help us to see through the bread broken, through the fruit of the vine, through the body and blood of Jesus, would you help us to see ourselves through grace? And Lord, would you let that begin to change us? Would you give us a desire to walk with you, to move more into the life of joy and purpose and satisfaction and power in how you change people in the world and how you bring your church to bear. Would you do that through ordinary people like us? And would you start through the lens of the Lord's Supper? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.